What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, broadcasting to you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Westchester County, New York. My name's Keith Farrell. I am joined, as always, by the number one jet in the state of Texas, none other than my colleague and co-host, Michael Lagaris, everybody. What's up, everybody? And you know him, you love him, you see him on the bottom there, if you watch on YouTube, number one tight end in the history of college football, the big Wookiees in the house. Wookiee, what's going on? What's going on, everybody? Let me get a little closer. I want to apologize, everybody, for the amateur hour I'm bringing to the table. Using my phone today, Mike. I know the audio might not sound great. Bear with me, everyone. I apologize. <clears throat> a few things to get into with the Jets, though, Mike. A few fun things to get into. This is that time of year when you kind of readjust, see how much salary cap space you have. I don't know if Jet fans know this, Mike. I know you know it. But our boy Carl Lawson, I know they know this fact, took a pay cut, Mike, to the base salary. I mean, this guy, this guy's all in, Mike. And I want to get your opinion on that in one second. But I want to point out one thing, Mike. The Jets right now, fourth most cap space of any team in the NFL. $24 million, Mike. And, Mike, they could cut Corey Davis tomorrow if they needed to. Get, get it to $35 million range if they needed to, Michael. That's kind of a mind blower to think what would they be able to do with Rodgers and the draft. Well, I should say they probably still got to spend – I think the the slot where McDonald Mike he's probably about three million. I think Tippman's going to be about one point five. The draft picks come out to about six or seven million bucks total. But Mike, a ton of draft cap of, of, of cap space left for the Jets. That's a surprising scenario to be in, considering it seemed like they were up against it and might have to cut a Lawson or a Davis. Instead, those guys are both still on the team, Mike, and they have twenty four million dollars in cap space. With still a little bit to go to the rookies, Mike. But how awesome is that a spot to be in for the Jets, looking at all these possible guys they could still add? Well, I think it's a tremendous job by Joe Douglas being forthright and and front-facing when it comes to uh, looking down the road. And that's because a lot of the different um, contracts that he signed are not these five-year mega deals with a lot of money uh, tied up in them. They've been three-year, two-year you know, guaranteed money in the first year and then kind of off on the second and third. So that gives you that flexibility and the ability to, you know, have these gymnastics with their cap um, when it comes to moments like this. So there are many different avenues that he could go and he's not boxed in like the way McCagnan had us back in 2018 or 2017. You know, there was really little we could do when you sign in guys, cornerbacks for like mega bucks and they were just trash. So, um, yeah, that's very Jermaine smart. Yeah. yeah, that's right. You yeah. remember that, right? So that's yeah. that very smart GMing. Um, that's being nimble. That's being very... And, and when you do box yourself into a large contract for multiple years at a large hit, you make sure that you hit a home run like what they're about to do with Williams, right? Because you know that guy is yep. fundamentally part of your foundation. Exactly. So... so this is good, healthy, and and the Jets. The thing is, JD. I think the way he's looking at it is, if I don't have to do anything, then I just won't do anything. If I want to, then and the right opportunity comes across, then we have the ability to be flexible. Yeah, it's true. So, good stuff. That's true, Mike. And like you like you just mentioned too. And man, I didn't. I thought of it, but I should have factored in more, Michael, to the flexibility. Not not flexibility, but just um, you know, moving forward with Quinn in here. 
you want him to be on the team for the next four or five years and you want him to be locked in this season, not worrying about a contract and all that. And you hear from the Jets, Mike, you hear from everybody, they're going to get it done. They're going to get it done. Now it seems like they might be able to go. We're going to get into it in a moment, guys. We're just going to kind of do a rumor roundup of all the different players that have been rumored. I know we weren't with you people la- uh, with everybody last week, man. We had a lot going on. But all these different guys that are rumored that could come to the Jets, we have the salary cap space to bring in a few guys, Mike, and then still give Quinn an extra six, seven, eight million for this year and then worry about down the line, you know, making sure he has the guaranteed money he wants to stay here long term. I mean, it's a good spot to be in for the Jets, Michael. And what did you think, Mike, about Carl Lawson um, taking the pay cut that he took? And Mike just said it was a no-brainer. Like, just six million bucks, gone. And he's like, yeah, now nah, I didn't even think twice about it. Mike, that's got to be great to see. And that's that's one of the things that falls under the Aaron Rodgers effect, right, Mike? Yeah, this is part of the winning culture mentality. Players that see the opportunity in front of them, they want to play for the coach, they want to play for the brand, they want to play for the team, and they're willing to take sacrifices financially so that they could be the better player Um that they know that they can be. And I think Carl Lawson looks at Robert Sala, his system, knows that he could thrive in it. Last season, he was coming off an injury, not just the torn Achilles that we found out the previous year in training camp, but he also tore it in that January that we hadn't had a second surgery. Yeah. So when this guy was playing last year, he, he was still recovering, you know? And so he's he's really motivated to get another big contract. I, he understands the Jets went and drafted a, a, a pass rusher in the last two drafts in the first round. Yeah. So he knows it's on the line right now. And um, and I think he wanted to stay with the Jets. He's willing to take a pay cut to show what he's made of. And I'm excited to see what he he looks like a beast. I mean, I look at pictures of him in the OTAs. He put on weight. I mean, he looks monstrous. So, um, again, it's part of the Aaron Rodgers effect, but bigger. It's part of the culture shift that Joe Douglas promised. Yeah. Look, I want to ask you a question. I want to throw this to Mike, too. Um, when it comes to Aaron Rodgers, look, what you've heard, you've heard all good things, of course. The Jets aren't going to say anything bad about him. But one of the things you heard, look, is he's interrupting, you know, the offensive coordinator. Uh, you know, obviously, he has a close relationship with him. We know that. But interrupting him to point out things to quiz players will be during meetings as if he's almost like a second offensive coordinator. Now, some people might view that um, as maybe Aaron Rodgers. He's only been here a couple weeks, right? Maybe overstepping his bounds. But it means Aaron Rodgers, right? Look, that's kind of a no-brainer that he's going to be able to have his input. And you kind of you, – don't you kind of want him to be the second offensive coordinator? Like, I meant mentally and linked up with all the guys in the room, right? Wookie, like – I didn't see much, but I did see some people think it was a little, you know, maybe he's overstepping um, the coach hacking a little bit. What do you think about Wookie when you saw that? No, I mean, absolutely. He's earned it by, by uh, first first of all, um, his career self-explanatory you know, explains itself. Um, and I guess it also just depends on how he's saying it. I mean, uh, I, I don't believe, again, I'm not in the room. I don't believe he's being, you know, an a-hole about it or, you know, or, uh, de about it. Um, and if he's just bringing it up and people know what's going on, that just makes the entire unit better. I mean, yeah. you're, you're literally getting quizzed from Aaron Rodgers. If yeah, you're exactly. in that offensive room, if you're on that offense and you take that, like, you know, who the F is this? I mean, what, what's, I'm getting quizzed. 
then you're probably not going to be in that room much longer. Um, but no, it's just the way you got to take it. I mean, the, the younger guys, I'm sure, really appreciate it. It's got to be a surreal experience for them. So uh, I don't see, I don't see any problem with that. He's he's definitely earned it. And it's only going to make the team better. Mike, what do you think, man? I know it's not really that big of a deal, but when you hear that, man, Aaron Rodgers imprinting himself right away, Mike, on the offense, on the players, quizzing guys. You heard Solomon Thomas, Mike, say that his leadership's already kind of felt in the room. Um, what do you think when you saw that, Michael, that he's kind of lockstep there as the second offensive coordinator in these meetings with Hackett? I think this is probably what he was expecting when he came out of the darkness. He knew he was going to a team that needed a leader. And he said, you know, this is an opportunity for him to come here and flex, show what not only he can do from a physical perspective, but mentally and from a, from a leadership perspective, what he can do for these young players that are just waiting and hoping for a leader to kind of bring that discipline, you know, and that, that experience that Aaron Rodgers is going to bring. I think he's living out a lot of what he wanted to do in Green Bay, but was kind of held back by the general manager and by uh, Michael Floor, um, you know, uh, Michael Floor over there. So, I think it's awesome, and I think that the team is responding, and I feel like um, this organization is taking a shift because we brought in professionals like Nathaniel Hackett, like having Robert Sala, like um, drafting the players that we've drafted. We have a culture, we have a mindset of excellence, and Aaron Rodgers reflects that excellence. And so I think it's, it's very positive. I love it, man. I love it, guys. All right, we're going to get into some of these free agents in a sec, Mike. Uh, the preseason schedule was released, and I know, Mike, me and you are going to try to go to that Hall of Fame game, Jets-Browns. Probably see a lot of Jet fans out there. Um, I got my got my Joe Clicko on right now, Mike. As, as, we, as we're doing this, I got the phone on. So no <laughs> but uh, that's uh, going to be – I'll give everybody the Jets preseason schedule right now if they haven't heard any of the fans. Michael, August 3rd, Jets-Browns Hall of Fame game. Uh, August 12th at Carolina Panthers, Mike. August 19th, the first game that Aaron Rodgers will be playing at MetLife Stadium. I don't know if he's going to play. That's the third game, Mike. So I bet you might see him for maybe a series. Who knows if Aaron Rodgers, I don't even care if he plays one snap, Mike. I don't care if he plays one snap. I mean, let's be real. We want him in sync, but um, I'm not really too concerned. 826, August 26th is that first game versus the Giants. I'm really excited about that. And one thing I wanted to get into here, Michael, is there has been a lot of rumors when it comes to the Jets, players, rumors that might end up at the Jets. Um, I know we have DeAndre Hopkins is one of those guys. Dalvin Cook was released, uh, I think, was, was it yesterday officially? Today. Yeah. Linked, uh, today officially, yeah. He, he's been linked to Miami, but also the Jets and a few other teams. Um, there's a few other guys we want to go through here because uh, th- there's a lot floating around out there and it's hard to know what to believe this time of year. But like we said, with the cap space we have, there's probably a bunch of dudes that could help the squad out, especially these veteran running backs, Michael. There's four of them that are out there that all probably could help the team up and all probably could get in here for a decent contract. Dalvin Cook might cost us. If we got Cook in here, it might cost you around 10 million bucks, but we do have the money to do that right now. Um, and I want to go through these guys, Mike, and just talk about them a little bit because when it comes to the squadron, and this is one thing I want to get into, I want to get your opinion on, Mike, because I, I read an article today and the article was about the Jets potentially going after Dalvin Cook and in the article um, I, I feel so bad it's from um, the Jets press and I forget who it was off the top of my head so I apologize but in the article Mike it basically alluded to the fact that the Jets have Brees Hall coming back and you know since Brees Hall is coming back and 
they have, you know, Carter and they drafted Abba Kanata, you know, the Jets should be okay at running back. And I think there's an argument to be made, Mike, for the complete opposite yeah. when it comes to the position. And that's why I wanted to know where you landed. Because, look, I love Brees Hall. Mike, last year, we know 80 carries, about 463 yards. He had the four touchdowns, 5.8 yards per carry, Mike. And we know those first three games, he didn't do a lot. But the last three games for Brees, he had 351 yards rushing. The last, um, excuse me, the last four games, he only had four carries in that fourth game, Mike, if you remember. So he was a machine. But when you look at the rest of these running backs, Mike, Michael Carter and Zadavian Knight, let me give this stat out to Jets fans. There's 49 running backs that qualified for the running back statistics last year. You have to average 6.5 yards of rush per game to qualify, Mike. Only 49 running backs did that last year. Of the 49 running backs, Zadavian Knight finished 47th in yards per carry, and Michael Carter finished 48th, Mike in yards per carry okay so they're the bottom uh, yards per carry at least now look the stats statistics can be misleading don't get me wrong but when it comes to yards per carry they rank right at the bottom of the nfl guys and with the same offensive line we know Brees hall was 5.8 yep big difference right and we know Brees hall coming back off this big time knee surgery um had the injury mike so what i want to ask you mike is and we'll get into dalvin and some of these guys right now but when you look at that running back room and you know hall's coming back off surgery and at least historically most guys besides Adrian Peterson are not 100% that first year back not great Saquon's the most recent example Mike the first year back wasn't great that was awesome again last year he's coming back Michael Carter to me and Zadavian Knight are just complete question marks I think Carter I mean this might sound crazy to Jets fans but I know he's helpful in the passing game Mike there's a scenario if they brought in a Dalvin Cook or a big time running back he could get cut I know that might sound nuts to people but he has not been productive and he's a small guy they might be looking at Zadavian Knight or Carter against one another because they're not they're not going to cut Abakanada. But Mike, what do you think about the running back room as a whole? And do you agree that they might not need to go out and get a veteran, or would you would you you prefer they go out and grab someone else just as insurance if Brees Hall is not one hundred percent? I mean, I'm just of a believer that I think this offense is one really big player away from being truly scary and elite. I would like another wide receiver or maybe running back, a playmaker on offense. And so I, as you know, it's a lot has to do with Brees Hall's health. I think Brees Hall healthy is going to be a problem in the NFL. Um, but again, coming off the ACL tear, a lot of these guys aren't hitting 100% right away. So you, I know that Robert Sala really wants to have a, a, a team one that gets after the opposing quarterback two plays lockdown defense from a secondary perspective and three is able to control the clock via the run game that's the formula that he would like to instill and i know that doing that you're going to need to have a very good offensive line which we can get into in a little bit and also have a strong running game now I really like Abana Kanda. I was very disappointed with Michael Carter's second season. However, his first season was definitely a season that was promising. Now, right now, the way it's constituted and the fact that we haven't really added that other superstar at wide receiver, you know, we have Corey Davis, we have Alan Lazard, we've got Miko Hardman, which I actually think Miko Hardman is gonna impress a lot of people this season. Um, I don't think that the Jet offense is still, from a player's perspective, uh, where 
a lot of us would like it to be. So if you add a guy like Dalvin Cook to this running back core with a Brees Hall and Abanda and Carter, okay, and Bam Knight, you know, this is the this the, that changes the whole you know formula here. Because yeah, man. now you know for sure they're going to be able to run it down your throat. And then a lot of opposing teams are going to have a lot of issues with having to deal with a Dalvin Cook and a Brees Hall. Especially when Brees Hall is healthy, you got both those guys. They're, they are problems. And then we don't even know about how Abana Canada is going to be or Michael Carter. So um, I, I, I'm in favor of it. I don't know if we're going to get him. I think he's going to end up going to Miami from what I've heard. But here's the thing. You just said the Jets are the team with the fourth most cast base right now. Mm-hmm. Miami don't has to have anything Nothing. from a monetary perspective. So the Jets can outbid them easily for his services. And that's why if you go look at boogies.com right now, the Jets have the best odds to land him. So again, we're going to see what happens, but I would I would be 100% on board with bringing on Dalvin Cook to this offense. Yeah, and I dug into it a little bit today. I know he's from Miami, Mike. Dalvin, but the last four years, I know the first couple years of his career, Mike, he he missed, you know, that first year only played four games, that second year he played 11 games. Since then, the past six seasons, Mike, out of 66 games that he could play in, he missed three with COVID scenario last year, so you can't really, I don't know if you can really, uh, not last year, excuse me, the previous year, Mike, can't really count that against him, but he's only missed four games with an injury, so the past four years, he's been really durable. Remember, he injured the arm last year, played through it, so he has four years of pretty good health in a row. And all of those four years, Mike, he's over 1,100 yards. He's in the Pro Bowl every single year when you look at Dalvin. Guys, you get into historical stats. Right now, Dalvin Cook is 13th most yards rushing average per game in the history of the NFL. 13th, guys. Um, that's ahead of Earl Campbell. That's ahead of Derek Peterson, uh, Derek Henry, Adrian Peterson, Emmitt Smith, Tomlinson, Ezekiel Elliott. So he historically, he's historically good. Dalvin Cook. I'm not going to try to overstate it. I'm not saying he's one of the greatest players in the history of mankind, guys. But when you dig into the numbers, even last year, now their offense the past few years has gone through Justin Jefferson. He's, they, they don't use Cook in the same way. I total, I understand. I would do the same thing if I was the Vikings. But when you get into his numbers, man, they're pretty good. And even last year, Mike, he was still pretty good. Um, and like I said, the durability was a question earlier in his career, Mike, but I think he's answered those questions, Dalvin. Uh, monetarily also, it would make sense because the Jets can pay him. And you said it, Mike. Other teams, Miami doesn't have a lot of money. Buffalo doesn't have a lot of money. They have 1.6 million Buffalo right now, Mike. They are up against it. Same thing with the Chiefs. Everyone's talking about Hopkins and the Chiefs, Mike. They're up against it too. So they have about one, they have about two million bucks, the Chiefs. What so. does Miami have? Um, Miami, I don't I don't have their numbers written down. I, I just had the, the two teams. When we get into Hopkins, I had those two teams written down off the top of my head. We can get into it in a minute if you give me a sec. Um I can look up what Miami has, but I know Miami, they have more than both those teams. I thought they had more, closer to 8 million bucks. But it doesn't mean they can't sign Dalvin, but if Dalvin wants closer to 10, same thing when we're getting Hopkins in a second, Mike. Um, You know, Hopkins is a guy that might want a decent contract. Maybe that's what he's going to be looking for. And some of these other teams that are rumored to after him, you know, they they can't give him that amount of money. Um, But when you look into Dalvin, look, guys, 6,000 yards in his career. 17,094 yards receiving. I mean, 106 yards a game total average. So I think that's someone that would be a home run if we were able to get him on the squad, Mike. I don't know how it's going to work out uh, between us and Miami. He's from Miami. So, Michael, maybe because of that, we, we don't, they have a leg up on us, obviously. But there's other options out there, too. Now, one of the other things I wanted to mention, Mike, was this week 
and you brought this up to me and you know the, there's a little smoke here the last few weeks um, and then it died out a little bit was the fact that and maybe Mike you saw that our coach Robert Salah said again that Dwayne Brown's going to be really hard to get out of that left tackle spot and he's re- Mike he's reiterated that Salah a few times right and yeah. I don't know if that will or won't cause friction or problems in the locker room with Beckton who said how many times Mike doesn't want to play right tackle. He blamed us putting him at right tackle for him injuring himself, this and that. Um, we have Max Mitchell also out there. We have we have Turner out there. I know we just drafted um, Warren as well. But Mike, Jonah Williams was another guy in our rumor roundup here that you mentioned to me was floated as a possible guy the Jets could add to the squad. Number 11 pick 2019. He's only 25. Last year, the Bengals signed Orlando. Excuse me, this year, the Bengals signed Orlando Brown's $64 million contract. So he requested a trade. He wants out of there, Mike. Slide him right into right tackle. What do you think about that rumor that you heard, Mike? Look, um, Jonah, he, this guy was a top draft pick a couple years ago. He, he's, he's, man, he's allowed so many sacks in the last couple of years, and that's why he's struggled there at the left tackle, and and that's why Cincinnati decided to go in a different direction. But they think that he could probably be a better right tackle now. Um, if we were thinking about adding Jonah Williams and trading Becton, um, look, guys, you know. I'm rooting for Makai. There's no question about it. But, you know, when I look at what he's done, he hasn't done anything. And I don't like the attitude either. Okay? And so, I'm not saying Jonah Williams is the right direction at all. I am saying that we should look and see what our options are. Because I don't even know if he's going to be starting this season. Dwayne Brown, every time you hear Robert Sala talk, he's always talking about, what kind of human being Dwayne Brown is. And I don't know if you've listened to the podcast I sent you earlier and hearing Dwayne Brown, such a professional, you know, someone who wanted to put it, leave it all out there last year, torn rotator cuff, could have just took the money and bounced. He, he made a decision with the doctor and said, I'll, you know, let me see if I could play with this thing. I don't want to take season engine ending or injury. I've never done that before. Let me see if I could play. And then he played with it. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Gave 100%. And then he was like, he wanted to be part of the solution this season. You know, this guy's a warrior. And people like Robert Sala and Joe Douglas, they know and can see that. Okay? And he's gotten the respect of the locker room and his coaches. So yeah. I don't know how Makai Becton's going to be able to um, to plan him unless he's just straight up better. Okay? And then at right tackle, guys, you know, Max Mitchell did a pretty good job last season. Okay? You know, you got Warner who played for Nathaniel Hackett for years, okay? Now, I think Becton probably is the most talented of every other tackle out there, but him starting, we haven't even seen him. So you were just talking about preseason. He's going to be one of the main cats. All our eyeballs are on all preseason long. See what this dude does, you know, coming up. And he's going to have to win a job. And if he doesn't, he's going to be, you know, playing second fiddle. So <laughs> I, I just, you know, my problem with Makai really is that he has no room for his attitude. Right no. Now. Like, you are the one that should not say a word and just be quiet and do what you got to do. And the fact that he's talking it just bothers me a bit. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with him. Sorry, guys. This light almost fell into my turtle tank and electrocuted all the turtles there, Michael. 
<laughs> I, I think it's one of the most interesting things that's going to play out here for us, Mike, in the in the preseason is how everything goes with Beckton. I've heard, you know, people mention Jonah Williams. I know we have some other options here as well. I think when you have a season, and let me see, what, did, I mean, in a season where all the chips are pushed in the middle, if people are like, Beckton could be good, right, but he could also get injured, or they can get a guy that, you know, I know Jonah Williams had some injury concerns earlier in his years, like 32 to last 34 games the past two years, um, and been pretty good. Wookie, even isn't that even that marginal increase in improvement years like the next two years? Don't you want to go after it, even if you can just get a little bit better? Oh yeah, I would definitely do so. If, if you know you're going to be getting incrementally better for the next couple of years, why wouldn't you do it if it's going to be uh, not too? I mean, not too expensive of of a move or. Uh, or something. I, of course, I'd bring him on the squad. I'd love to have him on the Giants. I tell you that. Hold on one sec, guys. I lost you guys for a sec. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens with uh, with uh, 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 we'll see what happens with him. But I think more importantly, you know, coming up here for the Jets as far as free agents go. I think that, you know, looking at DeAndre Hopkins, he is someone that, you know, was very intriguing. But again, I don't think we're going to be able to really sign him. But I did see a rumor that the Jets could be interested in signing Mike Evans or trading for Mike Evans. Now, I sent that over to Keith and I don't think Keith was very, uh, you know, excited about it. Well, that. here's the thing. And can you guys hear me okay? I'm sorry. That yeah, was yeah. Um, that's the, the perils of trying to do this with your phone and all hell breaking was all around me. I apologize, guys. Um, Mike, I think Hopkins, I don't think it was a reality um, a few weeks ago, a month ago, or pre-Aaron Rodgers, Mike. And I know that other people are favored ahead of the Jets, but here's the thing. It seems like money is what he wants. It seems like money is part of this, Mike. It seems like, I don't necessarily think he's just like, all right, let me go to the best contender. I think he'll look at the best contenders and then be like, who can give me the best contract? And if you look at Buffalo and you look at KC, they have no money, Mike. We have plenty of money. So Hopkins probably isn't, isn't an option, but don't don't count out. I think Mike Evans, the only thing I'm thinking with Evans is that, and look, a thousand yards every year of his career, and, and he's still productive and great in the red zone. But we have Lazard. So does Evans become like a redundant player? Mike Evans, 6'5, 231, Alan Lazard, 6'5, 227. I'm not comparing Alan Lazard's career to Mike Evans, but I'm just saying when it comes to the reason you would get him at this point in his career, he's 10 years in. We're not getting here two, three, four, five Mike Evans. This is the guy that we'd be using to just, you know, I guess stretch the field in a way with bombs, but more using the red zone. We have Conklin, we have Lazard. Um, I will say, man, it's not someone I'd be mad if we gripped up, Mike, and you have Lazard and you have Evans and you have Conklin and you have Wilson, you have McCole Hardman and, all these other weapons. I mean, look, we want to load our boy up with as much as many, as many weapons as humanly possible. I mean, that's what we need to do for Aaron Rodgers. So look, I'm not going to be mad at it, Mike, um, if they get Hopkins or I mean, um, excuse me, if they get Evans. But he's not the guy I would prefer. If I can get one of the guys out of Tampa Bay, I'd love to get Godwin. I'm a guy who's always super productive. But look, Evans would be super helpful too. Jonah Williams has been mentioned, Mike, like we said. But the other running backs, and I want to see where you guys rank these guys. The three other running backs that are out there, the veteran running backs. That probably won't cost us ten million. You know, I'm not. I don't think they will. Um, are Kareem Hunt, Ezekiel Elliott, Leonard Fournette, and when you're looking at those three guys, 
last year, Elliott still had, he had 230 carries or something like that um, with the Cowboys. What do you have? He had 200, yeah, 220-something carries. 231 for 876 yards. So they still used a lot last year. Hunt, guys, I dug into the stats. And the first four, or the, the first five games, he had 57 carries, Hunt. And was averaging about 50 yards a game, which is pretty standard for what he did in the past with the Browns. The rest of the season... Even in the passing game, the first five games, they used the normal. He's averaging about 80 yards a game from scrimmage the first five games. Normal Kareem Hunt. Causing problems. I looked it up, guys. Some of these runs were 25 yards. His longest is 22. And then the last 12 games, if you guys remember last year, he requested a trade. He didn't want to be there anymore. He wants to be a starter somewhere, right, guys? Um, and then also with Watson coming in, they didn't utilize him really the rest of the year. You saw that yards per carry drop. He seems like a guy that needs the ball a little bit to get going. Um, I like Hunt a lot. Elliott played last year, probably was, he actually had the same exact yards per carry as Kareem Hunt, but super productive with touchdowns. And then you have Leonard Fournette, who isn't maybe the best running back guys, but you know from fantasy, Wookie and Mike, that when it comes to the receiving game, Fournette, I mean, actually like to a surprising level, when I looked it up, how good he is in the receiving game in his career, um, 312 receptions for Fournette. You're talking about 100 targets for 76 catches a few years ago. 84 targets for 69 catches 2021 with Brady. The following year, 73 catches again. So out of the passing game, he's a huge weapon for net. Let me ask the Wookiee first here. Out of those three guys that are left out there, all three of them are going to end up somewhere, Wookiee. But how do you rank them? What's your tier one, two, three when it comes to Hunt, Elliott, Fournette as of right now? Uh, I mean, just because they've done it recently and... Uh, as you mentioned, with Hunt in uh, Cleveland last year, the whole second half of the season not getting used because of that whole situation. And I still think Hunt could be a starting running back for what that's worth. But I would go probably Fournette 1A, um, Zeke one, uh, you know, 1B, and then Hunt. Not, I mean, not that you can go wrong with you know either of them, uh, any of the three, but... Uh, that's where I would go. I mean, you know, you know, and if you when you get into the playoffs, you know, you're getting it out of Fournette. Yeah, that's I think Mike's. That's why I think Mike's gonna have a different ranking. Mike, what's your ranking? <laughs> My ranking is clear: Kareem Hunt one, Fournette two, and then Zeke three. I I think Zeke's washed. But I oh, love, washed? I love, I love, <laughs> I love Hunt. Okay, and that may be a little bit biased since I did draft him in our fantasy league years ago. But if he hadn't done what he did, like an idiot, you know, um, yeah. back in the day, I think he, he would be one of the top Pro Bowl running backs right now on Kansas City. I don't think anything would have, you know, it wouldn't have derailed his career because he's really talented. Yeah. Um, I would love Kareem Hunt, to be honest with you. I would I would rather Dalvin Cook, but if I had my second choice, I'd have Kareem Hunt. Yeah. Um, but again, he has, you know, dirty laundry on him. So I think some teams are playing away just because of whatever. Um, but Zeke, I, I don't know. I, I don't see, you know, Zeke got his money. You know, he looks, you know, he looks like he's he's pretty much had a lot of pasta and potato chips. And he's, he's, he's not, I think he's he's ready to, you know, call it a day. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not really the biggest fan of Zeke. And then Leonard Fournette. Big dude, beast mode. I, I will agree on what Wookie said, but um, I think he's also probably at the end. But that's just my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think all three of them. It's really, really interesting. I mean, of all four of the guys we're talking about, I'd rather have Cook as well, guys. I think we're on the same page with that. I think he's number one. I think to me, my number one would be Hunt, 
and it has to just do with the past production and you know you look at i mean that first year he led the nfl in rushing you know the next year he only played 11 games because he got suspended he probably would the nfl in rushing he probably would have led the league in rushing that year as well uh suspended for half the year his third year and he didn't really, really get used by the browns but those next three years man super productive every time he's on the field i think there's really no wrong answer i probably have hunt one to me um and maybe elliot and fournette to me are very comparable at this stage of their career neither of them are that fast they're good inside the red zone i know some of the knock you heard or the rumors at least put out with hunt was maybe he lost some explosiveness but when i looked into the stats last year and you look at those games where he was getting double digit carries he was having 20 plus yard runs so he's someone i think that would be a really good fit also mike i don't think he'd break the bank for us to bring in a hunt um, and that'd be a guy we could afford. I only, not that we don't have the money, we could bring anyone in that we needed to, Mike. And Miami but, has 1.3, by the way, cap. Miami? 1.3. So how are they going to get, I'm just like, how are they going to get this done? Like, I don't know. What do we know? But I just, I'm like wondering how they're going to get done. Like, how and, we got, and we got 24.7. <laughs> with, with the ability to get more, like to your point. Yeah, it just seems like, um, I don't know, it just seems like we're the best destination for a lot of these guys to land. Look, maybe we're potentially biased. Who knows, Mike? Maybe we're a little bit biased here. But um, I got the stats here, Mike. The, the last 12 games of last year, the first five games last year, Mike, 57 carries for Hunt. The last 12 games, only 66 carries. So basically, the first five games, he was normal Kareem Hunt, killing it. And the last 12 games, I don't know if it was a personal thing. I know they brought Watson in. When they brought Watson in, that kind of changed the offense a little bit because they'd never had a quarterback before that. Um, man, but this guy was still pretty productive. Like, you look at the yards per carry, and it is alarming if you're going to see somebody and their yards per carry goes down a whole yard. Totally understand. But you look throughout his career, he was 4.2, 4.2. And those first five games, Mike, he was about 4.4. And the rest of the year, he's getting four carries, three carries, four carries, three carries. It's hard to really get your... You get one bad run, it messes you kind of your yards per carry up there, Mike, in those scenarios. But um, I would love Hunt. I don't, any of these guys, I think, would be helpful for us. Um, also, there's a couple other guys out in free agency, Mike. We're not going to get into them now. Maybe we'll do it in a few weeks if any more rumors heat up. But um, Clowney's still out there, Mike, and Gawkway's still out there. I know Leonard Floyd's still out there on the edge. And you know what we like to do with the edge is load up, Cap. So who knows? I think, I know we I five think, Floyd, I think Floyd just signed with buffalo i think oh did he oh no i did not hear that that's that just happened actually oh goodness did that just happen oh, that just happened today then or yesterday um because yeah. i wrote all my notes down yesterday so maybe that's all right well floyd's off floyd's off the off the hook then but clowny and gawkway mike you want to hear some other funny names that are out there and whoopie you'll like a couple of these julio jones still out there mike is a free agent is it a wrap for julio? <laughs> is it a wrap officially for julio oh i don't know it might be I, what about it just mike? Wookie, what about Kenny Galladay, who's still a free agent? I think Kenny Galladay is only like 27. Is it a wrap for him? Kenny Galladay uh, should be doing his best impression as a Walmart greeter at this point in time. He's, he's got to be looking for some kind of contingency plan because he's sending at the Kenny Galladay wide receiver camps as we speak. What about? But he, but he's good because he just swindled the Giants. That, that's good for him. Good play. What about uh, Wookie? You like this one as well? And Keel Harry. Surprisingly, still a free agent, Wookie. What do you think about that? <laughs> Just waiting for him not to get. What do you, remember, he got injured like his rookie year or second year because he, yeah. he hit a post or something like that. Some stupid ass shit. We also oh got my Elvin god! Gordon, we got uh, Jarvis Landry. There's some there's some names. There's some names out there that are gonna end up on teams. But when I looked at the rankings, guys, they had Kareem Hunt as the number tenth rank. Just so you guys know, what I saw in the PFF rankings, they actually had Ezekiel Elliott as the number ninth ranked overall free agent. 
Hunt 10, and then right behind them, number 12 was Fournette. So the PFF rankings was Elliott, Hunt, and then uh, our boy Fournette, guys. And that's all right. I think that's pretty much it, guys. If we go through all our notes here, Mike, I think we're good, right? Yeah, I mean, basically just coming out of OTAs, the wrap-up, uh, Sala uh, said that they don't have to have mini camp, which is really exactly. good because that means that Quentin Williams isn't going to not show up and it be a national story. Yeah. Um, and it's because, you know, they're going to be starting mini camp, uh, camp, training camp a week early. So I think that was, you know, that bought a lot of uh, goodwill from the players. Smart. And yeah, I thought it was smart. And uh, during camp, I mean, Aaron Rodgers looked fantastic. I sent you a couple of highlights there. He had one, he had one beauty that went like 60. Yeah. I'm just sitting there like, yo, what is going on right now? I mean, and Garrett Wilson is looking great. You know, you can see Brees off on the side, you know, doing his thing. Um, so I know Dwayne Brown and Becton didn't play at all. Um, but training camp is going to be incredible. And I'm going to tell you guys this. Even though we know Zach Wilson is not the quarterback of this team, for whatever reason, Jet fans are obsessed with his stats at practice. Dude will go like seven for seven, catch wild. Yeah. We told you. And then he'll be like one for five. And they'll be like, we got to get another quarterback. Get Teddy Bridgewater in here. And it's like, it's like we're still emotionally attached to this cat. So. You're right. I'm going to be really intrigued this preseason because this is the Zach Wilson show. This is Zach Wilson show, and it's going to be the Beckton show. And me yep. and you are going to be just sitting there like this. Yep. Watching. Yep. You know, and he's going to have to look, he ain't playing this year, but we're going to have to see something because I think Joe Douglas, if he's smart, if he's smart, lets him shine a little bit, lets him do pretty good, and who knows, we get a second. <laughs> I don't know about that. Hey, stranger, uh, stranger things have happened in the NFL, but um, he's going to really need to look pretty good. He's probably the worst. Uh, last year, he definitely was. The year before, he was pretty close to being the worst quarterback in the league. So he's going to need to improve a lot. Um, not that it hasn't been done before. Hey, look, guys like Geno Smith are rewriting uh, NFL history books here, guys. You know, so you never know what happens. He's only his third year, so he'll learn a lot the next couple of years. Hopefully, you know, improves the acumen. You know, gets a little more mature, Mike. But the preseason will be all about Zach Wilson. It will be all about Beckton. A few other little positional battles, man. Somebody, especially, Mike, when it comes to the rotation here, when it comes to defensive line. We're not going to get into it now, but a defensive end, Mike. We got so many, just so many, just savages ready. So many cats ready. on Our defensive line is ridiculous right now. Um, I think if you look at the whole team on offense, the weakness that as of right now, and I'm not trying to say Brees Hall, Brees Hall is ridiculous, guys, but we just don't know which Brees Hall we're getting back. That's why when I look at him, and that's our weakness there, and then on, on defense, offense, we're going to get into some of these weaknesses and some of the strengths of the squad coming up here, guys. But that's all we got for this week, Mike. If anyone does want to get at us or support us in any way, shape, or form, how can they do that? Guys, we're on Facebook at radio on Twitter at AEBG underscore NYJ podcast, and on Instagram at jet.aebg. You heard the man on behalf of the biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Agaris, and on behalf of the number one tight end in the history of college football, the big Wookiee, Nicholas Cronk. My name's Keith Farrell. Good night next week, everybody. Peace out.